You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Greetings, Embers, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I'd like to thank the reformed members of the channel. Luz Crispin, Tammy Slayton, CAG, Interscare Wifey, Denise S., Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Norman D.W., Christy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Knees. If you would like to join the membership or buy me a coffee as a special thank you, that link can be found down below. If you are new here or haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does this help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Haunted Houses. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. For me, there are two things I cannot explain. One, I was 14. The first week after my family moved into a new house, I woke up in the middle of the night to find a man staring down at me in bed. He was short, somewhat portly, perhaps Italian, older and balding. He wore a plaid shirt with yellow in it and blue jeans. I freaked the hell out and hid under the covers and said my prayers. When I peeked out again, he was gone. Years later, as in ten years later, I decided to tell the story to my family at the dinner table. My dad turned white and asked me more questions about this man. Was he wearing a yellow plaid shirt and blue jeans? I felt my blood run cold. Yes, he was. Dad then said that he had seen the same man twice, one in his master bathroom, he looked up in the mirror to find the man looking back at him, and once in his master closet. He walked in to find the man just standing there, facing the clothes rack. Also, regarding that closet, I had a weird experience when I was about 18 or 19. I was in the master bedroom watching TV because someone was using the TV downstairs, and I didn't like staring into dark closets because I am afraid of the closets. I get up too close, pull the door closed, but then the door was yanked out of my hand and a male gruff voice demanded, What? As in, what do you want? It wasn't the TV. I was watching the weather channel and it had music playing on the forecast. I ran downstairs and recounted what happened to my mother and I refused to go back into that closet again. And one final one. The second house I lived in was in a new subdivision. 
The town was on the shores of Lake Ontario, on land previously inhabited by the Iroquois native people. New subdivisions always had to be investigated by archaeologists in case a significant site was discovered. All the construction constantly unearthed pottery, arrowheads, etc. So I was three when we moved into that house. It isn't my experience, but my dad's. He had set up his weightlifting equipment in the back of the unfinished basement. One day, while he was bench pressing, he opened his eyes to find a native Canadian man staring grimly down at him, wearing animal skins and bird feathers. Dad freaked out, sat up, and tried to say something, but by then, the man was gone. My ex-girlfriend, who is also now my baby mama, and I were desperately looking for a place to live. That is because she got pregnant. We came across a for-rent sign. I called the number, left a message, and an elderly lady called me back. We went to the lady's home, and it was a duplex, the house attached to hers being the one she was renting. She did no background checks or anything and immediately accepted us. I called my cousin to have the second room, it being a two-bedroom and all. We moved in a day before him. Day one, I went to work and she wasn't responding to me all night, so I returned home to find her doing her makeup, saying all of the charger ports are broken in this house. I can't charge my phone. She mentioned she thinks the place is haunted, and I laughed at her in disbelief. Day two, she went to work and I had major sleep paralysis and watched my door partially close itself. I went to sleep and woke up to it being completely closed. I believed her at this point, but we had already moved in. I warned my cousin, who also laughed at us. Took him about one week to come to me and say, I believe you, but I'm not scared. We eventually stopped being bothered by the supposed ghost, but anytime I mentioned to a friend spending the night and they laughed out of disbelief, the ghost who would do something like knock something over in the middle of the night just to prove itself, and they would believe me. One night, we were all drinking in the living room and kept hearing that was easy in the kitchen randomly for about an hour Every 10 minutes, we discovered a that was easy button under the oven that never went off until this particular night. This was about one year after living there. It never hurt anybody, but would occasionally knock something over just to remind us of its existence. Very harmless. We lived then two years before getting evicted for partying too much. But... Pretty much anyone at my parties who stayed the night would mention some type of interaction with a spirit. I've been waiting a long time to post this story, so hopefully whoever hears it enjoys it and gets as creeped out as I did. To start, 
I just want to say that I've never been the typical person that gets caught up in the idea of paranormal activities or ghost stories. To me, even at a young age, those types of stories just seem completely unbelievable and I would never take them seriously. With that being said, what I'm about to post is something that happened to me a few years ago that pretty much changed all of that. It's not an overly scary story, but I think the simplicity of it is what creeped me out as much as it did. My mom was in the real estate business, which often required her to check out houses on her own before taking customers with her. She would usually just do this on her own, but every once in a while, she would take me. Well, this house comes on the market that many other guests apparently say is haunted, and my mom figured she'd take me along. I'll be honest, the house was pretty creepy, completely covered in vines, but whatever, it's an old house. Not really a big deal or out of the ordinary. We go in and look around the first floor, and for the most part, it seems like most houses she takes me to, still furnished and has that smell of a house that's been empty for a while. The first thing that struck me was a little bit odd was that they had one of those old-style box TVs, and it was playing some old black-and-white World War II documentary. And it just made the house seem really old and gloomy. We eventually made our way upstairs to look at the bedrooms. The second floor was set up so that there was one long hallway with two or three doors staggered down its length. The first room was normal enough, but as we got to the second room, we saw it was completely full of stuffed animals and not the toys, but a whole room dedicated to real stuffed animals. Even though I thought that was pretty strange and the room was fine besides that, pretty neat and nothing out of the ordinary. Wanting to go out of the room, we went down the hallway to check out the final bedroom, which again was fine. We're on our way to go downstairs and for some reason as we pass the second room, I look back in and immediately stopped in my tracks because there was now a chair directly in the center of the room. We were both positive it wasn't there before since we would have literally walked into it when we were in the room before. But nonetheless, there it is, sitting directly in the middle of the room like it was meant to be there. Obviously, we go out of the house pretty quickly after seeing that. It was something so simple, but what really got me was that there was no explanation for it. We were the only two in the house, and neither of us went off on our own to check out a room without the other. So, how the hell does a chair randomly move in arguably the weirdest spot in the entire house? I'd considered myself a pretty logical person, and the fact that I can't think of a single explanation for what happened is why thinking about that house still bothers me so many years later. On a side note, in a few years after we looked at the house, it was sold five or six times, with almost all the homeowners saying that strange things would happen when they were in the house, like... Somebody didn't want them living there.
When I was little, I lived in a three-bedroom, one-story house. Main area included kitchen and living room with no type of partition between. Just open space for an area that wasn't going to be a bedroom. As a kid, I used to stay up in the living room and watch cartoons or whatever. Whenever I could be there alone and only alone, I'd hear the sounds of pots and pans falling to the ground and cups falling off the counter. Our pots and pans were neatly nested in a cabinet with no opportunity of falling, and cups were never left on the counter. As a kid, I didn't think much about it, but it's creepy as hell to think about now. On top of that, you could hear the sound of chains clanking outside the windows, but the only chains around were a swing set hundreds of feet from the back porch. Couldn't possibly be loud enough, even on a windy night. In the same house, same time period, my older brother got repeatedly terrorized at night by this shadow thing he calls the Sandman. Basically, if the blinds were open in such a way that the porch light cast light into our room at night, he'd see a tall, gangly man in a nightcap creeping across the room in the cartoonish high-knee tiptoe. He never, ever sleeps with the blinds open. You could chalk it up to having an overactive imagination, but, but it was a creepy house in all honesty. When I was in middle school, I went to dog sit with my brother from my mom's friend, who had a huge house in the boonies. It was absolutely massive. But when she gave us a quick tour of the house to find where the food and dog stuff, etc. was, she refused to show us the upstairs portion and strictly said that we were, under no circumstances, allowed upstairs. Whatever. We didn't care. A few nights into our stay, my sister and her friend came over. Since we had a massive property to do outdoor stuff with, we decided to play manhunt when it got dark. My brother drew the short straw and had to search for us. The property had a ridiculously long driveway, so we decided we would just walk to the end and lay down to hide. It worked pretty well, and we could see the whole front part of the property, including my brother running around searching for us. All of a sudden, all of the lights on the second floor of the house flick on. We immediately decided to call it quits on the game and just huddled together in the living room for the night, feeling creeped out. That night, the dog we were watching went into the foyer as we all tried to sleep and just started howling up the stairs. It was some creepy shit. All of this stuff is most likely explainable as something other than other natural, but the experiences themselves were profoundly unsettling to be part of and remember. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
I have some stories. I always tell these and people think I'm crazy, but here it goes. I'm 19 now, but from the age of 7 to 12, we lived in a house in Alabama. Nice neighborhood. We had some woods behind our house, but you could see through them to another neighborhood, sort of far away. This part does matter, by the way. I can't remember them in order, but I do remember a lot of them. My family also experienced it, and we had so much documentation of things happening that we almost had some supernatural people come out, but we moved abruptly. The spirit, ghost, whatever you want to say that lived in this house wasn't just a singular one. There were numerous. From the moment we moved into the house, everyone had a feeling that something was just off and very eerie. When we bought the house, the house was supposed to be $200,000, but the owner wanted it gone and refused to walk the house with us and sold it for like $130,000. But... All right, so here are some of the stories. One, I was asleep, but above my bed there was a huge rectangular window that had a street lamp outside of it, and the light would shine in and you could see the reflections on the wall. As I was lying there, I saw a man with a huge top hat walking across my room in the shadows. It stopped in the corner and waited for a few minutes terrified and decided I would see if it was something outside so I could tell my dad. I got up and looked out the window and lo and behold there was nothing there. When I looked back down the hallway nothing was there either. 2. Numerous times I woke up and would see white orbs floating around my room. 3. There was a time my friend spent the night and went home at 4 a.m. because the door to my room faced our solarium and inside of the solarium she saw an old man sitting in our chair rocking. She later saw a dark shadow walk down our hallway. 4. My brother's friend came over during the day and my brother was showing him around. For some bizarre reason they stopped in my room and opened my closet door. Both of them saw a toddler girl. She was bloody and crying, disappeared right in front of their eyes. He never came back. 5. There was a time I was home alone. My brother is my step, but anyways, his dad has been passed for years at this point, and he has a huge box including his dad's things. One of those things being a jack-in-the-box, way up in the closet, no way of falling. I was sitting in my living room watching a movie and playing with Barbies. I had to go to the bathroom, so walking past my brother's room, I heard something fall. I stopped, scared. I'm sure three to five minutes passed because I was paralyzed with fear when the -the jack-in-the-box started winding up and going off. I ran into my room, locked myself in there, and called my parents didn't come out of my room for six hours waiting for them to get home. Six. There was the time when, around three in the morning, my parents were doing a house project and remodeling their room and adding a door. So we were all outside. 
I was playing in the backyard on the tire swing facing the woods and I remember seeing two big eyes in the woods and I do mean huge. So I ran to my dad and showed him. Compared to my dad, the eyes were seven to eight feet off the ground. He called my brother over there and asked if he saw it and he did. Ran inside and then he hid. I watched my dad, and my dad moved and made certain stances to to see if the eyes would follow, and they did. He walked inside, and my dad and I walked back out a few hours later. The eyes were gone. 7. There was the time we had a babysitter, and we were asleep in our rooms while she was in my parents' room watching TV. She's a good friend of ours. She fell asleep and woke up to me walking up to the bed and tugging on her. She got up and I walked into my parents' bathroom while she followed and I disappeared. She freaked out and ran to my room and I was asleep in bed. 8. From my parents' bed you could see down the hallway and see the door to my room. The bathroom in my brother's room and so my dad was up at 2 in the morning watching a movie pop out from my door, shining into the hallway. He looked at it, thinking it was me, and it disappeared. This continued back and forth for 20 minutes, and he got up. Once again, I was asleep. 9. My dad saw the old man from the bathroom on our back porch, so he ran outside and nothing was there. This happened numerous times. 11. We would often hear things at night. We set up a cam recorder and a camera in the living room. During the night, it ran, and when we woke up, there were a few shadow figures walking back and forth in the hallway, but nothing on camera. But on the recorder, you hear a loud organ playing with a flute. It went on for hours. When it stopped, we just heard a shrill scream, and it stopped. We didn't own an organ, let alone a piano. 11. My stepmom used to cut hair in our house and had her own little salon. So, while cutting my brother's hair, we're all kind of hanging out with the radio on when it shoots up to full blast. We all kind of stopped and my stepmom piped up saying to turn it back down to whoever messed with it and the volume went back to the normal sound. That happened once or twice, but that was it. 12. Numerous things would fly out and hit you out of nowhere. You would also hear the people when you were home alone. Cabinet shutting, the front door slamming, etc. Was never anything there. Pets would disappear, never be found. Things like hamsters with no way of getting out. We found a scorpion once and we put a thick glass bottle over it and left it for a day. Three to four hours later, we got back home and the glass bottle was upright, still, but scorpion was gone. 13. We kept all our dogs outside, but we had a mini chihuahua who was sick, so we kept her inside for the day. My parents were at work, so my brothers and I were the first to arrive home. She was mangled and dead, obviously, in our living room. No explanation. 14. There was once when we took down the mirror in my parents' bathroom, and behind it, a card fell out, 
talking about Christianity. We helped carry the mirror and a few other things out of the bathroom and left the card on the counter. When we all walked back, it wasn't there, but later appeared under our hot tub in the solarium. I do know that the man I saw in my room with the top hat has followed me to four different houses and currently plays with my three-month-old while she's asleep. I catch it on the video baby monitor sometimes. Those are all I can remember right now, but if anyone's interested, I'll give my dad a call later and see if he can still tell more. As far as any evidence, my stepmom went crazy and told my dad he was psychotic and burned everything we had. These events happened four years ago. I'll start off by saying my name is Alan, and my best friend's name is Matt. Matt and I had been friends for seven years at this point. Matt's dad let us usually do whatever we wanted. I normally went to Matt's house and partied every Friday night. We were in our early 20s in a shithole small town in southern Tennessee, so what better things were there to do besides getting effed up? The older Matt and I got, the more we realized we loved paranormal investigation shows. We shared experiences we had as children. The more we talked, the more we built our egos up, as if he won't be scared of anything as future paranormal investigators. Matt's family moved across town, and I spent the day and evening helping them move. It was late spring, early summertime, so it was hot enough for all-night porch sitting. One evening, we decided to have a bonfire and drink a beer. Around 8 p.m., we put the fire out, and Matt's dad left. Being big guys, we had gotten hot and taken our shirts off and were watching TV in the living room. We heard Matt's dog, Sparky, barking towards the back of the house. Sparky would bark at anything, so we were like, whatever. The barking got louder and more fear-based. We found Sparky in the bathroom barking at the toilet. What a dumbass dog, Matt said. Matt went back to the living room and I followed. The barking continued to get louder with anger and fear. I asked Matt, what the hell could he be barking at? We found him a few feet off the back door, snarling at the door. We got a bit concerned and thought maybe this is something. I asked Matt if his dad knew anything about the house. He said no, but I had brought my camera, so we cracked a smile and said, let's investigate. We went through the house doing everything we'd seen on the ghost shows on TV. We got nothing in the house. I said, Barky was barking at the back. Let's go check out back. We took our belts off, held them, like they'd be some kind of defensive weapon. When presented with a real-life situation, those egos we had shriveled up like raisins. I told him to take the back corner of the house and cover me as I ran to the unattached shed's back wall. It was about midnight, and the small backyard connected with the woods, so it was pitch dark. 
I had gotten ballsy, so I started imitating the famous ghost hunter, Zack. If you have any balls, show yourself, I shouted. I then proceeded to say, Don't be a coward. No sooner than the words came out of my lips, I felt a present come upon me. It hit me with a force hard enough to knock my six foot, 300 pound ass ten feet back. At this point, Matt had already took off running. I jumped up and looked behind me. I saw the outline of a dark entity, at least my height, with glowing yellow eyes, looking at me, out of the tree line. I was frozen as we made eye contact. It was as if it was trying to eat me through my eyes. I snapped out of my frozen state when I heard Matt shout, Bro, run! I hopped to my feet as it glided toward me and ran for the front door. I rounded the front port so fast that I had to grab a port support post to spin up on the porch. We hid in Matt's room till his dad returned home. We told his dad what had happened and he went on to tell us about the previous tenant in the land. He had recently found out that not only did the guy that lived there before die in the back room, but also practiced weird rituals on the land. We made it through the night, but I never again felt comfortable there. It was as if I was being watched like a hunter watching its prey. They moved again not long afterwards, and I always try to avoid the road that house is on. My grandma's house has always been a little strange. It's one of those buildings where, although it appears homely and a nice place to be, there's just something really wrong as soon as you step in there. It's like a kind of feeling difficult to explain. Kind of like the atmosphere is really thick and heavy. Anyway, my grandma has lived in this house for a long, long time and her mother lived in the house before that. So my grandma was actually born in this house and still lives there now. But even she sometimes gets scared. My family, including myself, have all had experiences. First, I will begin with my dad's experiences since he lived there. His room was really small and had no windows as it was right within the middle of the house. While he lived there, he used to have a reoccurring nightmare about this man stood in the dark waiting for him. Then, one night, he woke up and the man was actually standing right there. He didn't dare move and just pretended to be asleep, so he had no idea when or if it disappeared. He had various other experiences too, but that's the most significant. Now, my experiences. One experience I had, I was sitting in one of her two living rooms with everyone who was at the house. I'm not really into speaking with a lot of people, so I kind of just sat letting my gaze wandering off. Then I seen the shadow of someone in the other room, thinking it was someone there. I called out to them, but it moved away, and we looked and there was nobody there. 
I have to admit that one is very easily explained due to how many ornaments and furniture my grandma has that could have caused a trick of the light. The next one, however, was much scarier. To get to the bathroom in my grandma's house, you have to walk through one living room, through the kitchen, which is set out like a big corridor, through a hallway, which has a door to the basement stairs. Note, this is always kept locked. And then you reach the bathroom door. I had just been in the bathroom and I was about to walk out. And when I was halfway through the kitchen, I heard a door creak open and looked back and it was the door to the basement stairs. Now this door is always, always kept locked. So you can imagine how surprised I was to see such a heavy wooden door that had previously been locked as far as I was aware, swing open. There was no wind or anything as all windows were closed and even if it was open, it was a really old and heavy door and took a hell of a lot of force to open it. I went back and shut the door trying not to look down the stairs and left because I didn't want my grandma to think I was snooping around her house or anything. My grandparents themselves have also had experiences in there. One experience was how she has some little metal bells in a cabinet in one of her living rooms. One day, they were both in the other living room when they heard the bells ringing in the other room. They went through thinking that a family member had arrived and was just joking with them or something. But there was nobody there and the bells were out of the cabinet and on the table. I strongly believe that these experiences are linked with one thing, a Ouija board. When my grandma was younger and lived, like I said, in the same house, she was playing with the Ouija board with her six sisters in the basement. That is as much of the story as I could actually get out of her because she told us she was too scared of what happened to tell us the rest and will refuse to tell us always. I strongly believe that whatever happened was so bad and so scary that I will never find out. Maybe I don't want to. My family and I live in the same rented house for the past 10 years. We had no hauntings for the first two years. Then, three of us had experienced sleep paralysis within the same year. I had experienced it three times. The first time, I saw an imp holding my hand and went straight under my bed, pulling my arm down. I woke up and saw some scratches on my arm. The second and third time, it's the same story of shadow people, red eyes and all dark sitting on my chest. I was friends with the neighbors and they told me that they had the same sleep paralysis dreams. One of them had a third eye and he's well aware that their house is haunted by a lady in a dark figure. The lady can be seen going up and down the stairs and sometimes stay in their bathroom. I wonder if the dark figure they saw is the same one from my sleep paralysis experience. My friend told me that the dark figure is no longer in our neighborhood, but the ghost lady is still staying in their house. But had done nothing to harm them. 
haunting stopped for a few years. After the eighth year, there were strange occurrences at our current house. But whatever or whoever it is, it's harmless. TV and electronic toys randomly turned on. Some things getting misplaced somehow, but never lost. Grandma felt that her leg was being lifted up, but then suddenly, whatever it was lifting her leg up lets go while she was sleeping. This happened for just a few months, then it just stopped. There's also a haunted school near us, like only six houses away. I used to work in a building right next to it. This is the time before I started experiencing sleep paralysis. My colleagues sometimes hear crying of children during the night shift. I brushed it off and went back to my work and just called it bullshit. After a few months working in there, the same stories are being told during break times from different colleagues working at the night shift. Our schedules are being shuffled monthly, so there's always a different group working different hours, and those working in the night shift, the same crying children story. I started to question my beliefs in ghosts, but I never heard of actual crying. One night, where everyone was out for the holiday, I volunteered to work for the night, alone. It was quiet, all alone except with a couple of IT personnels and security guards from another floor. Then it happened. I heard an office chair move and keyboard start typing for a good 10 seconds. It stopped, then the office chair made a noise again as if someone just stood up from it, ran out and clocked out early cause first time experiencing something supernatural. HR told me that they understand and it was a normal occurrence in the building didn't get any warning or memo from it. There are more ghost stories from the same neighborhood, but I'm not about to tell them, as I'm here to ask advice. I only shared a few, so you'd have some idea on how haunted the neighborhood really is. We're at our 10th and final year living in our current house, and we're about to move to a new one. How can I make sure the ghosts of my haunted neighborhood don't follow us? And what can I do to make sure the house we're moving into isn't haunted? If it is haunted, what should I do? So, after talking to my best friend about weird stuff happening in my house, we start talking about my parents' house. I figured maybe it was time to open this up for discussion see if anyone had anything similar. My best mate mentioned how uncomfortable he felt alone in my room. He described it as kind of feeling heavy or like when you walked in there, there was some kind of wall you walked through my door. So this is all my experiences with the room. This bit is just to preface the fact that I've never had any encounters in any other room in the house before. My parents live in their semi-detached house and have done for as long as I can remember. My parents, myself, and my two older sisters lived there together. It was only a three-bedroom house, so for a while, when I was really young, I would sleep in my parents' room, the biggest room, of course, 
and my sister separate in the smallest and medium rooms. I remember never being scared of the dark at this time. I wasn't bothered by anything at night. I would have thought this was maybe because I had my parents in there to keep me safe. Cut to a few years later, we all switch rooms. I got the smallest room. My parents got the medium room, and my sisters shared the biggest room. Again, never bothered about the dark, walking around at night, going to bed by myself. My sisters start to move out, so my parents have the big room again. I get the medium room, while the smallest room is turned into a nursery for my upcoming little brother. I stayed in this medium bedroom for the rest of my time at home before I moved out. Just another thing about this room, it had the hatch to the attic in it. I was never allowed up there because it was too small according to my parents, despite me being desperately curious to see up there. And my bedroom was directly opposite the stairs. This is just for added information, I'm not sure if it's important. This is when I find I do have a fear of the dark, or so I thought. For years, I was terrified of the dark, right up until I was 17. To me, this seems like a long time to be scared of the dark, but I quickly realized it wasn't the dark. It was something in my room. At night, I would be so anxious to go to bed. I wouldn't put my hand on the top of the stair handrail because I swear something would touch my hand. My mob would always go to a long-fingered skinny hand that would lay on top of my hand. I never saw this happen, only felt something on the back of my hand, and that image would protect it immediately in my mind. I could never look into my own room, walking up the stairs, for the horrible feeling that something was staring right back, but I never saw eyes. I would hate getting up in the middle of the night if I was thirsty and whatever in fear of this presence. The kind of keep your feet under the blankets or the monster will get you feeling. Again, I've never seen this thing, but whenever I would feel the presence of it nearby, an image of a long thin hand or a black mass would appear in my head. It never had a face always just a black mass with long arms and hands and a head. Fast forward to me turning 17. I still had this fear of this presence. My health took a turn for the worse. I ended up in a hospital for a while. I came back and the feeling was different. I felt calmer in my room. The presence was still there, and on a night I would still feel the hand of mine, etc., it was like I understood it wasn't there to hurt me, but it didn't feel like there was much reason for it to be there. Never felt this way about any other room. When I moved out at 21, my last night at my parents' house, there was a sense of warmth in the room, and the presence was really calm. I felt the need to thank it for just being there. It was such a strange experience, like a weight had lifted. My little brother has now moved into this room, and now I feel like I can't enter. The doors to the rooms were always open in my parents' house. I will be asked frequently to go get things from various rooms and stuff. 
But in my previous room, now my little brother's room, there's a presence again. It's almost like it looked after me in that room. Then I left, and now it's attached to my little brother. I can almost feel it around him when he's in that room. It still just sits in that room. It never leaves and never feels like this anywhere else. Jesus, this is a long one. And on my sister's grave, I swear it to be true. I was visited almost every night by what I thought at the time was my deceased sister from the ages of 11 to 16. I don't believe in the supernatural, and I never have, but things happened to me that I honestly could not explain, neither at the time or now. It wasn't my sister. I don't know what the hell it was. But to this day, I seriously doubt that my sister would be sexually and physically assaulting me. I saw it one time, when I was about 16. I was laying in my bed, not asleep, just staring out my bedroom window because I couldn't bring myself to feel tired at all. I remember it was about 1.30 in the morning, and I'd gotten into a fight with my mother, coincidentally about staying up all night when I had school the next day. Earlier, so when I heard my door open, I immediately laid down and acted like I was asleep. So I hear the familiar cracking of her toes as she walks towards my bed. Her toes pop when she walks. I can hear her coming from across the house. And I'm just laying there pretending like I'm not awake. I heard her voice and it was a rushed low whispering. And it wasn't until she was standing almost directly over me that I could hear that she was frantically whispering my name over and over and over and over and over again. I remember my heart was pounding in my chest because she's close enough to me that I can smell her and she doesn't smell like anything I've ever encountered before. It was like a mixture of rotten ground after a rainstorm and dead fish left in the sun for a week. I opened my eyes, and I could see her illuminated in the moonlight from the window. It wasn't my mother. What was lording over me was a woman that stood a little less than six feet tall with stringy and disgusting black hair that fell a little bit past her shoulders. I remember that the most horrifying thing about her was this. Aside from a disgustingly grime-covered sheer white dress, she was completely naked. I could see the dark points of her nipples through the material, and I'm assuming she wasn't wearing any underwear. Her exposed skin was disease-looking, extremely frail and thin, but it looked tight, and a network of black veins stretched against it from underneath. She was white. But honestly, she was more of an off-green, like an egg that went bad. God, her eyes? Her eyes were the most horrifying things I have ever seen to this day. A perfectly smooth face, no nose, no lips, no ears, just eyes. Eyes that were four times too large and perfectly round. Eyes that had no white 
had no color that were just jet black. The skin around these spherical nightmare windows were crinkled and crusted with flakes of something that looked black but could have easily been a dark red or brown. It was moonlight, not the best to see color. She had effing bug eyes, man, and they were hovering a foot and a half away from my face. I couldn't effing move. My body was stuck in Jesus effing Christ mode, and I couldn't even breathe through my terror. She bent over me and knelt onto my bed, and I felt the pressure. I effing felt the bed move as she rested her knees on either side of my waist, because of course she was effing straddling me. Why wouldn't this nightmare be straddling me? She lowered her face down to mine and touched her forehead to mine, and where the contact happened, I felt my skin burn like I was getting a Tyler Durden Lycus. I still couldn't move, and I still couldn't breathe. I knew that if I opened my mouth, this whatever the hell it was, because I don't think it was ever human, was going to tear out my soul and effing, I don't know, eff it or something. Oh yeah, did I mention that the entire time this was going on, she was grinding on my lap? The only sound in the room was the sound of my brain shrieking and the subtle shuffle of my bedding as this effing monster was frantically rubbing its crotch against my own. All I could see was its eyes, filling up my entire vision. All I could smell was its filthy effing hair as it brushed against the sides of my face, and a more subtle, more terrifying smell of arousal as it enjoyed what it was doing to me. I got a surge of energy back in me, and I rolled to the side, trying to knock this thing off of me because I thought that maybe if I could get it off, I could run. My bedroom had a door that led to the backyard in it, and maybe I could get out there and just run and never look back. Nope, it clings to me. And now I've got this writhing she-beast dragging its dirty effing fingernails, although they felt like effing knives, into my back sides and arms as it is i swear to god getting off on me the paralysis sets back in and i think it was then that i realized that as long as this thing was making eye contact with me i couldn't effing move i tried to close my eyes but it didn't work i tried to shift my vision away but her forehead was touching mine and that was all i could literally see was the black pools of her own effed up eyes. I pissed myself in fear. I feel her hand reaching from across my back to my chest up to my throat, where it grips me tightly around the neck and holds me with more force than anything has ever held me before. It removes its face from directly in front of mine, and as it's dragging its weird effing hair in my face, I feel it press the smooth, tight skin of its own featureless face against my neck. I felt something against my neck, like a swarm of flies pressing against my skin. Something wet and very cold touches me, and I realize that this thing just formed a mouth 
and is effing licking me. Where it touches burns like the devil, and now I'm not moving because I'm terrified that if I do it, it will use its newfound mouth to tear my throat out. Something sharp grazes my neck. I try not to think about razor blades. There's a not entirely unpleasant sensation of sucking on my neck, and to my horror, my little Johnson starts to stir. This spurs on whatever the hell this is, and the grinding starts up again. I feel its other hand tear a furrow from my back down to my waist of my pajama bottoms, where it slips under and starts to shift from the back of my waist to the front. I realize that this thing is reaching for my genitals and summoning whatever surge of adrenaline I had left in me. I bring my knee up between our bodies and kick as hard as I effing can. Something sharp tears into my neck, but it's too late. And despite its scrambling hands and tearing nails, I boot this effing thing off of me and off of my bed. Thud. I immediately hauled ass to my closet, where I kept my machete that I used to clear brush. Had an overgrown backyard back then. It was clumsy, but really all I could do was throw myself with as much force as I could off of the end of the bed because my closet was right there. Machete out. I turned around, hauling my arm back because I am going to effing destroy this thing and nothing there. I turned the light on after a serious internal pep talk. I grabbed the mattress futon and tear it off of the lattice metal frame, machete poised to strike at the thing that must have scuttled underneath it. Nothing. At this point, I'm telling myself I just had the worst effing nightmare in the world and that I have pissed myself and should probably shower. I grab another set of PJs and stagger into the bathroom, leaving the machete in the room, although with great reluctance. I am bleeding a lot. My neck had a gash in it about three inches long, right where the shoulder and the neck meet, curving around to the back. My forehead had a red splotch on it, and the skin is peeling back, like a bad sunburn. I turn around and survey the horror scene that is my back. Trenches have been carved and there is effing blood everywhere. My back, my sides, my hips. Thank effing God I kicked that bitch off of me before she got to my private parts. I shower with the curtain open. I turn on the kitchen light. I turn on the library lights, the living room lights. And then when I get to my bedroom, I open the door and immediately turn on the bedroom light. Still empty. Although now that I know what to look for, I see splatters of blood on my red quilt on my bed. The room smells like a grave. I did not sleep that night, or the night after that, or the night after that. I told a select few people, but nobody believed me. Even when I showed them how this thing turned my back and neck into a connect the dots with its nails. Everybody said I must have done those to myself in my sleep. But some of these marks were in spots that I straight up can't reach myself. 
I still feel something sitting down next to me while I'm laying in bed and I'll open my eyes and nothing will be there. I don't sleep more than four hours a night and that's usually broken up into segments. I sleep better in another person's home than I do mine own. It's been a few years since I've encountered it and I only ever saw it that one time. But, considering that it started when I was 11, I don't think time is really a factor for whatever this effing thing is. And I'm convinced that one day it will come back. And the last thing I ever see will be those eyes filling up my vision as it presses its forehead against my own. I wished I could say that this is some horror story that I made up. I really do. I don't believe in the supernatural, but that doesn't mean that this didn't happen or that whatever that thing was isn't real. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true haunted houses stories. I do apologize for the shortness and length. I couldn't find enough material to make it satisfactory. With that being said, if you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourselves. Have yourselves a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.